up? It's Charlotte Sands. I'm hanging out with Rob on Front Row Live. I'm a new fan of yours. A uh, Bad Day really was the song that started it all for me, and I've been hooked on your stuff, and um, I love your songwriting. I, I'm Ooh. like, your voice and your songwriting are incredible, but your your lyrics are just so fresh and so natural. Like, talk to me about kind of learning to write the way that you do, and and how do you not run out of material? Oh, that's my biggest fear ever. Um, but no, I definitely think that I have the style of writing I have because I grew up on like Bonnie Raitt and Sheryl Crow and Grace Potter and these like, I grew up on a ton of um, just like mainly singer songwriters and like folk artists that I always was so envious of the way they could like tell a story. And it was always about the lyrics, like the music didn't really matter. It was always just a guitar and the story. And I was always just such a fan of that. And I thought it was so crazy how they could like create this world um, with like no production, no added elements. It was really just the lyrics. And that's such a crazy thing to do. And so I, I feel really lucky for the fact that my parents kind of brought me into that kind of music early on. And I was able to like learn that and just be such a fan of storytelling before I was a fan of, you know, anything else. And so it kind of started there. And I love that you have been able to, with your songwriting, you've been able to pretty much collaborate with so many different artists outside of your realm. And, um, you know, for example, right now, congratulations with Jordy's debut album and Sticks and Stones. Um, like, I love, you know, the the way that you and Jordy kind of got together and created Sticks and Stones and a couple other songs on, on the album. So when you get to collaborate with so many different artists of various uh, ranges of genres, like how would you say that that really like impacts your creative process when it comes to, to Charlotte Sands music? Yeah, I mean, that's the coolest part of any of this is honestly getting to collaborate with people. I mean, that's what the whole songwriting process is for me. That's every single song that I have out was written with friends of mine, you know, and so it's it's all been a collaborative experience and I'm so grateful for those creators. But being able to work on other people's project as a songwriter and also now as an artist is the most rewarding thing because you kind of get to clash genres and um, lyrics stylistically, like all this stuff that I normally wouldn't automatically say, I am now like, oh, that's actually really cool. But my natural instinct is to be like, I don't know. I don't know if that's, is it too cheesy? Is it too this? Is it too serious? And I, I feel like with my own personal stuff, I'm so like, I'm so harsh and I'm such a critic of everything. And so being able to kind of work with other people and expand my music and my lyrics to fit both of our genres at the same time, it's a challenge, but it's like also so much more rewarding to have two people who feel really um, proud of one project. How would you say that you expand your words in general? Um, I mean, I, that's like, honestly a challenge for me. I feel like there's a lot of songwriters that I look up to that do things like read the dictionary or read like Webster dictionary and like read poems and all that kind of stuff. I definitely find that to be really helpful because obviously things can get really repetitive and I start using the same words over and over. There's only so much that you can say. Um, there's only so many words, but I do think it is really important. I mean, like I love listening to other kinds of music and other like genres and whether it's folkier stuff or 
heavy metal or whatever it might be. They, all the word choices are so different. And um, I think that that really inspires me and kind of expands my vocabulary as well as reading and um, listening to podcasts and just, I mean, it's hand in hand with kind of continuous education and being open to learning and knowing that I am not the knower of all things all the time. Like having no ego is really important. And so I think like learning from other people, learning from other artists and knowing that um, there's always room to be better and grow and learn from people around you. Well, now let's let's dive in and talk about the new single, uh, Keep Me Up All Night. Tell me, like, what was so different this time around with this track? Like, what did you do differently lyrically uh, for, for this song? And I love that you had a little sprinkle of thunder from Boys Like Girls towards the end. Um, you know, what kind of inspired that? And, and you know, take me into through that process. Yeah, um, so that song is just a completely different thing. Obviously, as you referring to Bad Day before, it's kind of different end of the spectrum, um, in that genre for sure but it i do feel like this song is um really important to me and so special to me because it is such a in the middle of my singer songwriter background and roots and kind of having this slower um guitar and it's definitely a slower song than things i've released in the past and it's moodier and more dramatic and less like a like you hurt my feelings it's more of a like sad sitting in your feelings sitting in your emotions and um admitting that you're feeling a certain way about a person and not trying to cover it up or just act like you're fine um and so I think that that for me is huge I also think there's a lot of space in this song that lyrically I am like the first person to be like oh my god we can fit 12 syllables into this five seconds but I'm always like a fan of fitting as much as you can into something and I think with this song I tried really hard to let it breathe and to have space and to kind of not rush the lyrics not rush the melodies um just kind of make it feel like how you feel in those states of being like sad 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 oh my god it's overwhelming and coming back down and like kind of having these going through that emotional roller coaster and like feeling all of it and for the thunder part, um, such a funny story. Um, my So I wrote the song with Damon Reed, who I've written probably 99% of my songs with. Um, he's produced it as well. He's incredible and so talented. And he um, works with Martin Johnson a lot. And um, they did buddies for a while. And I've been lucky enough to like be brought in on that friendship. And um, when we were writing that song, we were just joking on the guitar and we were just, we wrote the whole thing on guitar. And then um, it wasn't like the same chord progression as Thunder. And we just randomly started singing because we do that all the time. I'll just like start singing any old throwback 2000 song and like as a joke, whatever we're writing. And we started writing that. And I was like, that's so funny. We should send that to Martin. And then I was like, is this kind of cool? <laughs> I was like, does this kind of work a little bit? Because it was weird. The lyrics made sense in like response to the song, like they, it, it made sense. It wasn't like I was just coming in and being like, here's a completely different perspective. I just wanted to use my favorite song in one of my songs. And it, it made sense in the narrative, like, like worked. And I, and we sent it to Martin and he was like, hell yeah, this is cool. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're doing it. And so we just committed and it was, it's really fun. 
That could be kind of cool to do, like, moving forward on some of your songs. Just, like, yeah. sprinkle, like, old nostalgic songs or lyrics into them. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like it. it's not easy to, to do something like that and yet have them kind of fit perfectly together like you did. Um, so it's cool that you did that. And it's cool that Martin definitely gave you the stamp of approval. Um, he's another favorite songwriter of mine. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, like how incredible he is uh, in, you know, not only like the pop punk, like pop rock kind of world, but just like in music in general. Um, yeah, he's, he's incredible. Really, <laughs> he does it all. <laughs> <laughs> how would you say that this new single or this new uh, experience with, with the writing process of this single kind of helped you? Uh, look forward to new ways of doing things for, you know, upcoming material. Yeah. I mean, I think that it just releasing music is like, first of all, just such a crazy experience. You get so nervous and so self-conscious and then you're final, then you go through this phase of, I don't care if anybody likes it. And then you're like, I kind of do like, it, it does kind of matter. And you just kind of go through all these emotions. And, but I think overall, the main feeling is that every time I do it, I'm like, oh, like this is so, this is like the best part, like being able to kind of be nervous to like share a part of yourself with like the entire universe, um, no pressure. And being able to do that, it just makes me so much more excited to kind of make different songs and kind of dabble in like different genres. And I don't, it is really cool. I, I personally don't ever feel like people expect me to do the same thing over and over. And maybe that's just my personal opinion and maybe people are like, do another one of these kind of songs or we'll hate you. Um, but in my personal opinion, like it, it really feels like I can release whatever I'm going through at that time and whatever, like I feel like releasing and people are either going to be like, that's good music or that's not good music. It's not like, we don't like that you're changing, which is such like a thing that used to happen so often to artists years ago. And now it's kind of like the artist is the genre and it really makes me excited to just be able to release music and not be overly cautious or critical of what it is that I'm making and just do what I feel is right at the time. And that song, this song is like a perfect example of that. Um, I'm obviously like, should I just release another huge like anthem banger song that people want to hear live? Like probably, but Will it do better on my algorithm? Like maybe, but I, you know, you just gotta like release what feels right to you and what like you're proud of. And that's what I've been continuously trying to do and cross my fingers. <laughs> you did kind of mention that this song is um, slower, more more vulnerable than your previous material. Yeah. Um, and in saying that with the music video that, that goes along with it, you took us on this like road trip for this, for this yeah. song, uh, for this video. So tell me a little bit about the the process behind the video shoot for it. And was this an idea that you had um, for the video as you were writing the song? Or is this something that you had an actual director or a producer kind of come in and step in on uh, the creative process of the video? Yeah, um, this was a, an insane process. Um, I will say it's the most hands-on creatively I've probably ever been. I'm definitely like a I always call myself a control freak. I think I'm just particular. <laughs> um, I really am. Like, I mean, when you write songs, the second, some people are more visual and some people aren't. They like to like write the song and they're like, you tell me what this feels like to you. But the second that I have a song, I'm like, if I can't imagine the audience singing it or the, and the music video in my head, it's just not 
it's it's not it for me like if the songs that I love are the songs that we finish the song and I'm like okay this is where I'll be the second scene cuts to this I'm wearing this this is the location and it's I've always just been that way I'm like a really visual learner the visual aspect of it is so important to me and so this it was so it was hard for me because I loved this song so much and I had so much I wanted to do for the video but I mean I'm an independent artist there's only so much you can really do I can't be like, hey, can I spend $50,000 on a music video and go across the world and do all these landscapes? Um, I only have so much and so much material and time. And I've been so busy um, over the last few weeks that I was like, okay, well, if we're going to shoot a music video, I have four days that are I don't have anything in a row. And that is the only time we're going to do it. Um, so I was like, why don't we, I had this idea. I was like, what if we had like a white bed we just film it in Nashville, which is where I live. Um, we can go and do it in like the woods and it'll just like an abandoned bed and make it look cool. And I kept getting to like verse two and being like, okay, then what happens after that? Like what's interesting after that? What's compelling? Like it never felt interesting enough for me. Leave it to me to make everything more difficult. Um, and luckily my boyfriend right now is um, a videographer and he did my last like video stuff for every guy ever. And he's really, really talented, um, Nick Stafford. And he, we've been, we were talking through it, talking through it, talking through it. And I was being such a bummer about it. I was like, it's not good enough. And then um, finally I was like, this might sound crazy, but what if we shot the video in like four different locations, um, like in Utah and LA and, then Nashville, like all the, because I've, I've been to like the Salt Flats and it was like my favorite place in the entire world. And the Moab Desert was my favorite place in the entire world. And all these visually like vast places that feel isolating and like make you feel super small. And he was like, okay. He's like, I'm down. You just let me know like where I have to be and when. And I spent about 12 hours figuring out the logistics of how to get every single day we had to shoot at the same exact time. So we had to shoot at sunset every day. Um, so we had to fly to a different state almost every day and make sure that we had a rental car and we're on the road by this time to be able to set up and shoot and blow up an air mattress that we had in a suitcase um, every day. So it was definitely a challenge. Um, we, I had to also, the funniest part is halfway through the video, I go underwater and I come back up, which is this idea I had in like, really quickly I was like it'd be really cool if the rest of the shots have been underwater or like I'm soaking wet and then I realized I was like oh I have to pour water on myself in every single one of these locations now moving forward because I did it in one of them and it has to stay consistent and it was like the worst idea ever because then I was like it was 7 p.m in the middle of Utah and I'm freezing cold and like the salt flats trying to like be emotional and not freeze and it was just an entire, it was an entire process. I kind of like disassociated myself with the thing. I was like, we just have to do it. We have to do it. It'll be worth it. And it was. <laughs> Would I do it again? Maybe, maybe not. But I am really happy with how it looks. And for just me and him, um, two people to pull it off and direct it ourselves and have no, I didn't even tell my manager what we were doing. I was like, just trust me. I'll be back in four days. I didn't tell anybody on my team. Um, I was like, we're leaving for this many days. I'll be back. We'll have the project done by this date and we'll turn it in. And that was really it. And we did it all in 
here we are. <laughs> so hopefully it's good. What else would you have done if you had a, like a full production? <laughs> oh my God. That's, I feel like people are nervous to be like, give me money to put forth those things. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be like jumping out of a plane. I'm like doing all this stuff. I'm like just give me a rocket. It'll be really cool. I feel oh like. man. At this point, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we figured it out. It worked. <laughs> right. So the fact that you have that idea behind your your videos or ideas flowing behind your videos, like what is a live performance going to look like? You just got announced for the Youngblood tour. Congratulations. Um, which is going to be an amazing uh, tour, but it's like the best way to kind of kick off like tours happening again. Yeah. So, you know, what is your, your mindset for, for your live show for this upcoming tour? Yeah, I mean, I am, first of all, just so excited about that tour. I have been I have been manifesting the Youngblood tour for years. I have genuinely, every interview I've ever done, they've been like, who's your dream tour? I'd be like, Youngblood. Who's your dream collaboration? Youngblood. I have, like, I have, if manifestation has been proven true through this year for me. Um, but yeah, I am just so grateful to his team and like so excited. And what a cool person to be able to open for. Um, He's just the exact energy and like ideas that I support. And it's, it's really exciting to be able to be a part of that and to be grouped into that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the main priority has always been, I mean, I'm going obviously into venues with people who are the majority there for him, um, as most like opener slots are, you're, you're just kind of trying to entertain until they get to who they want to see. That's like the mindset, but um, I think for my my main priority um, is to just be able to like access that fan base and people who I think have really similar um, wants for our future and our universe and needs and things like that. And just like we have a certain idea of what we want to create and who we want to be. And um, we just like and like spreading positivity and kindness and all these really good vibes um and like emotions that I really support and my goal is just to go in and kind of let everyone know that I am the same exact way I'm also a fan I am also grateful to be here but absolutely like try to win over as many people in that obvious audience as I possibly can and um yeah I just am really excited to be part of like the Youngblood fandom and like I feel like I'm just going to his show um but I'm just like on the other side of the barrier. Um, so I'm just, it's a, it's a privilege. I am in such a, I'm so happy. I am so excited. Like I just couldn't be more excited to finally be touring and to finally be able to sing these songs with everybody and to experience it together. And that is my only priority is to make sure that everybody is, feels accepted and safe and loved and appreciated and those are the only things that I care about and then having a, a damn good time doing it. <laughs> well, congratulations with that. I'm looking forward to the tour. I don't think you're going to be hitting the LA section on this tour. But Not on this one. Later in the year. I can't, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So I can't wait to see you live. Um, and uh, let's let's get Dom in on this and make sure that we get a collaboration um, oh. with Charlotte and Dom. So Dream. 2022, things are happening. <laughs> I'm putting it, put it out there. It's, it'll happen. <laughs>
Well, when I reunite with him, I'll make sure to to kind of let him know as well. I'll be like, you need to collaborate with this person. Yeah, I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> well, Charlotte, thank you for taking the time to do this. Congratulations with the new single and the new video, and uh, best of luck on on uh, the tour with Youngblood. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking time. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more and I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.